The date is December 21st, and this is the 32nd episode of the Stouting Off podcast, where we spout off commentary on the everyday. Let's go. What note is that, Jordan? A440, probably. Yeah. Um, welcome to the Stouting Off Podcast. It's me, Drew, your host. Your your host of days prior, today, and tomorrow, indefinitely, now and forevermore. Drew Stoutenberg is my full name. Joined live in studio, as always, by my producer, Jordan. What's up? How are you? Doing great. Thank you. Doing great. That's awesome. We love to hear it. <laughs> we need a sample for that on the keyboard. Ben's got one. He does, actually, doesn't he? on his Call of Duty keyboard nerd. Um, just before we started uh, recording here, your wife, Monica, posted on her Instagram story tonight that she enjoys, most of all, when she has cookies, she enjoys it with water, not milk. Cookies and water. Yeah. That's that's crazy person talk. Yeah. Are, do you agree with that? Or yes. do you do the, have you tried the cookies and water? She yeah. doesn't like dip the cookies. She just like no. she said she just loves to chug water after yeah, eating afterwards. cookies. I've been a cookies and water guy since she's been around. <laughs> <laughs> the things we do for love, you know. Yeah. Um Miss Miss Milk. Miss Milk, two percent. Man, there's nothing like like warm cookies and milk. Nothing better. Nothing better. Oreos with milk too is just Oreos. right up there. It's that's like yeah. that might be the number one flavor combination in the entire universe. Yeah. Known to man. Dude, you should try this. When I was at Monica's parents like two weeks ago, I decided to do um Oreos and almond milk. Okay. So you're, you're starting to lose me already. No, listen. When you said almond milk, well they they don't have milk. All right, all right, all right, all right. So I was like, I've got to do something. So I did okay. almond milk. And dude, it doesn't, it doesn't get soft. The cookie doesn't? It crunches afterwards. And I held it in there for probably 30 seconds. Well, see, that's a problem for me. Yeah. I enjoy the, I enjoy kind of that gradient of time. You know, there's a, there's, it it becomes like soft, like there's an optimal softness and then it becomes disintegrating and it falls apart in your, your milk. In which case you have to discard and refill. Yeah. That's what I have to do. I, I love that risk. I love running that risk. Yeah. Andy Broda taught me a trick. Well, A, it, the prerequisite for this trick is that you do it with double stuff. But he, he taught me this trick where you take a toothpick and you put it into the cream and you just lower the entire cookie while holding the toothpick into the glass of milk. So you don't have to do the finger thing where like your fingers might get milky or anything like that. Yeah. Isn't that wild? I mean, it's probably a thing. It's probably known. It's a, probably a well-known fact I going around on like Pinterest and stuff. I apply just enough pressure on each cracker of the cookie. Yeah, where it's like the overhang, right? Yeah. Where there's no cream there. And as no I cream apply substrate. just as much just as much pressure to 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 get it so when it gets to the optimal softness, yep. you know it'll when to, separate. It'll it'll oh, it'll crack. Wow. Right? Not crack, but like Yeah, it's separate. It's kinda like yeah, wafers apart. Wafer isn't a verb, so that's cool. Um, but I was looking at my, cause I re I reposted that on my story cause she sh- kind of like challenged me on it. Um, wow. Somebody replied literally eating cookies and drinking water right now. So dot, dot, dot. There are other people out there who do this. 
Kaylee replied, water and ice cream, maybe. But for cookies, the, the duo is milk. Water and ice cream, maybe. That's, I kind of get that. After I have ice cream, sometimes I'll be, you know, oh, I'll be sure. inclined to like slam water for some reason. But I think it's like, it's A, it's hydrating, but B, it kind of brings like my my internal organs back to like kind of a normal temperature, you know, not frozen. Yeah. Whoever was like the master pairer of cookies and milk is a genius. You're right. You're if absolutely you think right. about it, like that's the best complimentary pairing it is. in the world. Listen to what Will said. Will, Will Woodington replied, eating cookies with water, if given the choice between that and milk, is like listening to your music through a flip phone when you have a great stereo system. <laughs> it is. It's like, I guess it kind of does the job, but why when you've got this yeah. excellent alternative? And then another person said, this deserves a lifetime of relentless roasting. Water and cookies. Because Mon said, Drew judges me every time, whatever. That's interesting. Water and cookies. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. You heard it here first. Um, I was reminded of a story. It's from a couple years ago. And I mean, anybody who goes to the gym ha- develops a gym crush. If you go there consistently, you're there at the same time as other people. You develop a gym crush. I always do. In fact, there's something. If I don't have a gym crush at any given time, there's something wrong in my life. It's that much of a staple. It kind of motivates you too, even though she doesn't even know that you exist. You're like, just in case, I'm going to pound out one extra rep. I used to have this gym crush at this gym that I went to, Lifetime Fitness in Novi, Michigan, when I lived in Michigan. And dude, I swear, like I would catch her sometimes glancing, smiling my way. <laughs> the Glasswing song. Um, not smiling though, but glancing. And I would catch her and she would be like, she was a trainer. So she'd be with other people like, come on, one more. Let's go doing a class, whatever. But then she would be doing this. <laughs> and I would look and she'd be like, no, come on, let's go. More jump rope, more double unders. Anyway, one time I said hi to her and she looked at me as though I just like called her an offensive name or killed her pet. You know, it was just like, why are you talking to me? And I said, okay, <laughs> makes sense. Sure. Yeah. You gawk, I, I say hi, I engage, and you you disregard me. So anyway. No good. No good. Some months go by. I'm still going there four to five days a week. And one night, I'm out downtown Detroit with the boys. We're kicking it. We went to Sweetwater Tavern, which is home of some of the best wings in the entire country. Probably have to go there while I'm back in Michigan at Christmas time. Yeah. I wonder if they're open, like for dining. We should go before our podcast in Detroit. With yeah, with Jesse David Green. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, so I go there, probably a group of like seven or eight of us. We're rolling deep, man. Yeah, the boys are out. And after that, we go over to Shake Shack. We walk over to Shake Shack. It's a nice summer night, perfect night for a stroll over Shake Shack. We get some whatever. <laughs> oh, that reminded me. While we were in line at Shake Shack, actually. There was like a dude uh, handing out king-size candy bars in line for no reason. We thought it was like a fundraiser. So he came to me and he was like, you want a reason? I was like, no, nah, I don't want to. I'm sorry. I don't have any cash, actually. He's like, no, no, I just want you to have it. I was like, okay, <laughs> great. Got a king-size Reese's out of the equation, out of the whole out of the whole thing. 
So when I tell you the end of the story, at the very least, we could consider that as like, you know, the bright and shining moment. So anyway, we go to Shake Shack, we get the things, and we go, you know, it's a nice night, boys. Why don't we go out for a stroll? We'll go stop by Campus Marshes Park, you know, see what they're saying over there. They got a beach kind of vibe in the middle of the the downtown square. Um, Yeah, it was just like a sandy area. It's nice. Lawn chairs out there. So we're walking over there, and I look up. I'm texting like this. I'm walking, and I'm kind of texting. I don't know, or I'm on my phone or something. I know, bad friend. Bad friend, for sure. And I'm I'm texting, not talking with the boys, and I look up, and I see her, Jim Crush, walking with a, a tall drink of water, a very handsome Gaston from Beauty and the Beast looking guy. And immediately, I don't know what why my initial response was to like avoid, like to make it like hopefully she won't see me. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I go do that and right. So again, I'm texting, I look up, I see her, and I go to like turn just a little bit off, and I'm walking by the curb next to the street. And this is a sidewalk that has trees in the in the sidewalk. And I walk right into this like branch and I get like tangled up in a tree branch, man, in front of her. So I go from, I go from trying to avoid and not being noticed to making a public spectacle of myself tangled up in the tree. Everybody's like, Drew, Drew, you okay? I was like, yeah, dude, my, it like cut my eye. (laughs) Yeah, it sucked. So that sucked. But I didn't notice anything change in terms of her demeanor. She would still glance and then, of course, hate me if I ever tried to talk to her. But then several months, well, not several months, maybe three months after that, two to three months, I went out on a date and I was in with a, like a cool girl, good looking and put together and, you know, um, I went out on a date and I was in this like underground speakeasy place and freaking Jim Crush came down again with the same guy. No way. But this time, it was very important to me because this time I was like with, you know, with a, a girl and I, I was much more put together this time. Yeah. Had stitches under your eye. Had stitches and a bruised eye, bruised <laughs> ego, but she couldn't see that. And I, I just felt like some, I, I felt like, uh, okay, I, I tipped the scales back to normal. You yeah. know, yeah. I have some leverage again. Yeah. So anyway. Did um, she say anything when you hit the tree? Like, did she... She said, look at that absolute moron. I think he goes to my gym. She whispered this to her. No, I'm just kidding. That uh, absolute moron. He goes to my gym. He's an idiot. He's a moron. He should move. He should move out of the state. He should move to Tennessee. <laughs> that's what she said. And that's, and, and that's why I'm here, ultimately. This guy should move out of the state for sure. <laughs> to Tennessee specifically. <laughs> and that's how I ended up here, where I am, hosting the, the number one podcast in the world. Because you overheard the whisper. I, I, yeah. You know, God works in mysterious ways, man. Um, speaking of the podcast, which we're talking on right now, there is an issue with Spotify in episode 30. So I hope by the time you guys hear this episode 30 is on Spotify, but by no, like by no reason that I can see or figure out on my own should, should Spotify not have episode 30 on it, but we're two days or yeah, at the time of recording this, we're two days into episode 30. Is it 30, Jordan? Yeah, 30 uh, yeah, being 30. out. Yeah, 30. And it's not on Spotify yet. So anyway, um, if you haven't heard episode 30 yet, check it out. 
on YouTube or Apple or Amazon or other places. Okay? That's just a little public service announcement, a PSA, if you will. You know? PSA. Little ho- little housekeeping item. You remember you took Mr. Boone's class yeah. at church. Did you guys have to do a PSA? Yeah. I forgot what mine was about. Do you remember yours? Obesity. Oh, cool. Okay, so as just for background information, Jordan and I were two years apart at the same high school. We were friends, but we weren't really, really good friends until at least I graduated, right? Yeah. Right? We became friends probably when you were really close friends when you were a junior, senior. Junior, senior, yeah. Um, But Jordan and I went to the same high school and we both took the same class, radio, TV, broadcasting, in which you would like just learn how, actually, you kind of learned a lot of the groundwork for what we're doing right now. Yeah. At least rolling cables. I do remember his method for rolling cables. He said, roll, pretend like you're rolling boogers when you're rolling cables because they have this, they have like an orientation to them. You know, you have to get them to like cooperate in each coil. Anyway, in this class, you'd have to do a public service announcement project. You'd have to do um, like a radio DJ kind of thing where, where you would like play a song for the class and you'd fade it down and be like, and you know what I did for mine? And this is Drew Stoutenberg coming to you with Search the City's Clocks and Timepieces. <laughs> and you know what? I did a That's little voiceover. Awesome. So there were a couple of different projects, but you did y'all's on obesity. Yeah, we did. Who obesity. was in your group? Uh, me, Nick Michaels, cool. Sarah Steele. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, a couple heavy, heavy hitters in the yeah, group. We had a good group. Love these people. Dave Cohen. Can't say I know that one. He was from Stevenson. But I could see but even this, the three of you, you, Nick, Sarah, laughing and having fun. Oh, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. That's cool. That class was a, it was available to other high schools. Do yep. you remember? Yep. So we had like kids from Stevenson come over for yeah. the class. It was cool. Which is funny. It was cool. It was a cool class. Um, that class actually allowed me to have, a, a, and I'm sure you too, the front parking lot pass like you could yep. park in like where teachers park yep it was pretty cool yeah it was come great. and go there was no parking lot attendant up there yep i remember uh we were supposed to be out for a video shoot one time for that class and me and phil salvatore aka salvation and nick keen and ethan yerks we went out and we went to mcdonald's instead of doing the 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 shoot oh wait oh i remember we did the shoot we came back and we were like, oh, Boone, we forgot something in another room. You know, we have to, we'll be right back. We have to do something around here in the building. But we went back out. We went to McDonald's because, again, no no parking lot attendant. We came back and Boone was like, where were you? We we're like, oh, we were just in the room. Yeah, we just had to. And he grabbed my hands. He's like, why are your hands cold? Because it was the <laughs> winter time. I was like, you wily old te- veteran teacher. That's amazing. Um, why are your hands cold? Why are your hands cold, Stoutenberg? He has since tragically passed away and truly rest in peace. He was a great teacher. The best. He, You know what I loved about him as a teacher? And I'm sure some educators, teachers, academic folk out here listen to the podcast. What I loved about him is that he he saw... Like, he saw each person for their potential, you know? Yeah, dude. And he would man i remember he would nitpick just the most minute details oh for sure and so by the third or fourth time i when i was turning in a project i would have every t crossed and every i dotted there was i left no room for 
any excuse or pushback or nitpicking. And I still carry a lot of that with me today. Oh, for sure. That dude. detail orientation. He would call you on all ums and uhs. Yeah. When you were explaining something or if you had a, a presentation or anything, while you're speaking, if you're talking and you say, um, he just from the back of the room, because he would sit with the students and like, and, and be great. And he'd be like, um, so I, um, um, and then someone would ask you a question or whatever. And they'd be like, did, so did you go to, you said you went to three locations for the shoot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or yes. You know, he'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. dude. Now he'd probably get on me for saying dude so much. And you know, but I'm, you know, I'm dialing in the communication skills. Um, Ben Dag texted me, come Saturday to what? But no, that was a great class. Um, wow. Um, <laughs> we need an um button on there on the, uh, on the, um, trigger board. Yeah, dude. He was great. He was a great teacher. Your brother had him. Yeah. You know, even before me. And he had a funny, um, he had a funny radio commercial. Was it Adam Max? Yeah. The, 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 the sporting goods store. It was the yeah, gym yeah, bag. Yeah, the gym bag. We're just going to leave it at that. That's if we ever start a Patreon. Um, it was Adam Max ball bag. <laughs> it's so stupid. I was going to say, if we ever start a Patreon, we can give the full details on that. You know, oh, it's paid yeah. content, exclusive content. Dude, it's that's funny. Though. It is funny. That's clever for a high school kid. Boone probably thought it was hilarious he too, probably, but he wouldn't show, he wouldn't show no, you that. He, he was laughing on his way home to Th- Ann Arbor or Th- wherever. thousand percent. We tried to find out where he, we tried to find his house one time. It was anyway, Ann Arbor, right? Yeah, it was in Ann Arbor, but we like get a boat. Yeah, something like that. Um, I want to talk about really quickly. Jordan and I are both sipping this Evan Williams bottled and bond bourbon. Can you see it on camera, George? Yep. In focus. Now, bottled and bond, I can explain that in a second. But what I like about this bottle is that it's a hundred proof, which is a good proof point. So it's not like watery and dilute. Um and also, it's aged for four years. So four years isn't very, very old by bourbon standards, but there are a lot of bourbons out there for two years, you know, aged for two years. And um, this is just for what it is. And best of all, it's $12.99. <laughs> That's the main thing is that it's hunter proof, four years old, and it's $12.99, maybe $11.99, 12 or 13 bucks. Okay. And it's made by Evan Williams. They're very reputable. It's bottled and bond though. Bottled and bond when it comes to bourbon. Just a quick bourbon nerd moment and then we'll get back to our content. Bottled and bond was an act of Congress passed in, I think it was maybe, it may have even predated the 1900s. It may have, can you find out when bottled and bond was, Jordy? I think it was 1870. That For some reason that sticks out to me. 1897. 1897. Okay. So it was passed in 1897. And what it meant was there were a lot of, kind of like bootleg, like moonshiners and people making whiskey out there. And it wasn't regulated. People were like sipping this stuff and dying. You've heard of white lightning, this moonshine that is so strong and it's packed with, I don't know, enough stuff to make you blind. The government stepped in and were like, okay, we can make this, you guys can make this stuff, but we have to regulate it. There have to be some rules, okay? So anyway, they passed this this act of Congress that said, okay, we are going to, own the keys to the warehouse where your bourbon barrels are aging. A, the bourbon must be 100 proof. It must be four years old at least. And um, 
it must be from one distilling season. That's an, that, that doesn't particularly matter that much to me. But anyway, it was one of the f- first, if not the very first, like regulatory federal law for food or beverage, right? Are you verifying this? Do you have anything to add on that? No. That's no, it. it's good. Really good. Human Encyclopedia. Encyclopedia Britannica. Wow. Do you remember having encyclopedias? We had a volume of encyclopedias in the house, George. It was like a dictionary, but... The, the red ones. Yeah. Yeah. I had a series of red ones with gold like. Yeah, lines. maybe our... I feel like ours was blue, but it could have been red because I can picture a red one. But encyclopedias for those younger than us, generation past us, what would you guys be called? I forgot. But encyclopedias were basically like dictionaries, which a dictionary is a book by which you can look up definitions of words. But an encyclopedia, your parents would buy a volume of encyclopedias and it would have each letter of the alphabet and it would just be a bunch of different topics and you can just read a a paragraph or two about a topic. You know, you could look up waterfalls and it would be like, waterfalls happen when... (laughs) Water is flowing and there it's following a gravity, a gradient of gravity and whatever. And then you could look up mosquitoes and whatever. It was cool. Yeah. Now, I mean, the internet is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I remember when I was in elementary school, fifth or sixth grade is when we got like Netscape and file, like the file server on our computers at school. Yeah. Learning how a search engine works. I guess we kind of grew up on that stuff too, but, but we do remember what it's like to not have it, you know, for sure. And we also know what it's like to have, not to have cell phones and use only house phones and call someone's phone, call someone's house phone by memory. Yeah. And know their number, know their number by heart. Modi's was two, six, one, five, zero, six, three. And I would call, actually that was in high school too. (laughs) I still remember though. You would call and you say, Hey, is Josh home? And they say, no, Drew, he's out right now, but we'll have him call you when he gets in. He's out on a bike ride. Don't know when he'll be back. Yeah. Life was different. Life was different. People always complain about wanting things simpler, but I think we have it. We have it. We have it made amazingly now. Now it's just on us to put proper margin and boundary in our lives so that tech doesn't overtake us, you know? Yeah. Have you seen the Justin Bieber documentary? No, not yet. It's on Netflix. It's pretty cool. He's a person who gets a lot of flack. He's a person who, especially, I mean, when he came out like on the scene at the age of 12 or 13, came out with like Baby and some of those songs, he had the hair, you know, the purple hoodie. He made the the hair. I mean, he He made made the hair. He made it. Yeah, that was like his look actually, come to think of it. Yeah. And then... Boys around the world started doing it. Yeah. I could never do that. Hair's too curly. Why did I point at my hair like this? Hair's too curly, man. <laughs> I didn't do my it either. Because he had a like uniqueness to it. It was like long in the front and short in the back. Uh, Not like crazy short, but... There wasn't that much of a contrast, but it was a difference in length. For sure. You're right. Yeah. I didn't need to challenge you on that. Did I? No, I don't know. I'll prove it right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So when he came on the scene, he was singing songs, uh, just, you know, little love songs. And especially guys were like threatened by him, you know, because all the girls liked him probably. Yeah. You know, and 
then he became moderately successful. Well, wildly successful, I should say, but still pretty immature. And then he got all his money and then got arrested and was throwing these weird parties and stuff. Um, got in trouble a lot. Drunk driving, I think. And then he kind of went away for a little bit before he started coming out with music again. But he's really grown up. Looks like it. He's yep. He's been kind of like pastored by like Judah Smith. Yeah. Judah Smith is the freaking guy. He wrote a book. Judah Smith wrote a book called How's Your Soul? It's on my shelf down here. Changed my life. It's really good. How's Your Soul by Judah. I would highly recommend it. The pastor and mentor of Justin Bieber. Um, But yeah, in that, in the video or in the YouTube documentary for Justin, he he's saying like, you know what? All the money and like the fame and all this stuff, it doesn't really matter. What matters is like, serving others and helping people and being generous and being connected in real community. That's what matters. I'm like, man, that's really good perspective for like a young guy. He's still pretty young. How old's Justin Bieber? You could ask Siri that. Hey Siri, how old is Justin Bieber? Siri's so reliable. Awesome. Thank you. I want to try. You try. How old is Justin Bieber? It says 26, but Networks I want it to, down? but I want it to say 26 verbally. Yeah. Hey Siri, how old is Justin Bieber? <laughs> it's just spinning, dude. Oh. On it. Right, I want to ask my Siri again. Hey, Siri, how old is Justin Bieber? Justin Bieber is 26 years old. <laughs> what do you have? I don't know why Justin I have... Justin Bieber is 26 years old. <laughs> I don't know why I have that accent. Thanks. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> um, it took so long. It took so long. That was a three-minute process to get Siri to cooperate. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, like, Stouting Off listeners, family members of the Stouting Off community, you get to see just, again, you you get a peek behind the curtain every time we record because we wing it. WWI, trademark. WWI is a registered trademark of Stouting Off LLC Podcast Incorporated registered trademark. Incorporated. What else do I want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> Let's kill 20 more minutes. I'm just kidding. I have some juicy topics to talk about. Oh, let's go to uh, what's Drew been watching, please. I got sucked into this series. And I don't remember the name of it. I Well, it was like a title and then subtitle. The subtitle was Mind Games on Netflix. Jordy, are you looking? It might be called Manhunt. Um, Manhunt, Mind Games or something like this. Or Mind Hunt. Brain Games. No. no hold on. While you work that out, it's yeah. a... What? No. While you work that out, it's called something... The title is something and then colon mind games, I think. 
And what it's about is the 1996 Atlanta Olympics bombing. There was a bombing in Centennial Park in Atlanta, Georgia. And there was a security guard at the time who was working there named Richard Jewell. And he was kind of, I mean, he was called like a Bubba, kind of like a just a simple Southern guy who wanted to be a security guard and he, he wanted to be a hero kind of, you know, he wanted to be a respected person. He was a sweet guy too. So the, he, he finds the bomb at Centennial park in, in Atlanta, Georgia, where the Olympics are taking place. He finds the bomb. He tells the police officers, cause again, he's just like a security guard that they, that was contracted there tells the police officers, and they begin to evacuate people out. He helps save tons of people. In fact, when the bomb went off, only two people died. I think like over 100 were injured, but only two people died. What do you got? Is it Manhunt, Deadly Games? That's it. Okay. (laughs) Manhunt, Deadly, colon, Deadly Games. Yeah. I'll throw it up. Took me a second. Nice job. Well, because I gave you wrong information. (laughs) So thank you best producer in the business guys i'm telling you and if any if any (laughs) one of you podcast hosts out there try to poach my guy you got to go through me first and i i and a thousand if i and a thousand richard jewels will be secure securing the perimeter richard jewel being the security guard from what's it called manhunt Manhunt, deadly games. Deadly games. Because there's also Mind Hunter, and then there's also some other stuff out there. Manhunt, deadly games. Yep. Richard Jewell finds the bomb at Atlanta Centennial Park. Crazy. He finds the bomb. He then helps rescue all these people. He then gets called by CNN the next morning, gets called by ABC News, Fox, all the major networks, 1996. He's interviewing and you, wow, you're being, you're being highly regarded as a hero, Richard Jewell. And he's just like, you know, it's just, he's loving it. You can tell, but he's like, you know, it's just, and he's being honest. It's just what anyone else would have done in my shoes. I just wanted to save more people. I'm, I'm just disappointed that two people had to die and as many people got injured as they did. And the FBI finds out, man, I don't know. Should I go into it? Okay, so listen, if Might you well. if you want to watch it, just skip ahead five minutes in this, okay, in the podcast. The FBI finds out he has explosives training in his background, and he has been photographed with, like, assault weapons before and a couple other kind of, like, shady-seeming things. No way. This story, like, those things get leaked by the FBI to this the Atlanta Journal or something. And a, a journalist there publishes the article. FBI identifies their man. Okay. The FBI finds their man basically. And Richard Jewell's like, I he's he's sticking to the story. I did not do this. I absolutely did not bomb Centennial Park. Okay, I promise I didn't do it. I would never do this. Why are you accusing me? And everybody's like, dude, you have explosive background or explosive trainings background and you want to be a cop, and we see this all the time. Hero, they call this hero syndrome, and whatever. You set up a problem so that you could be a hero. And about a month or two after that, an abortion clinic in Atlanta gets blown up. 
And then what? about a, a couple weeks after that, another abortion clinic in Atlanta gets blown up. Meanwhile, Richard Jewell is locked down at his house and there's, they're constantly an FBI team following him everywhere he goes. News stations and journalists all outside his house. This guy has no privacy anymore. And he still hasn't been tried by the courts or anything. Yeah. And there isn't any real, real evidence. I mean, yes, there are those kind of loose connections, but so the, the, the police identify the the FBI identifies that this other guy was responsible for the abortion clinic bombings. And then this explosive expert comes in and says, Hey, the bombs that this guy was using is the same type of bomb that was used at, at Atlanta Centennial park for the Olympics. Okay. And the FBI is like, no, it was Richard Jewell. We already know that. We're, we're all but closing that case. These two abortion clinics bombings are something completely different. And the rest, here's where I'm going to leave it. The rest of the story is them trying to connect that guy who bombed the two things, who's on the run, by the way. They don't know. I mean, they, they have no idea where this guy is, who he is. They're trying to connect the, that guy or uh, the guy who did the two abortion clinic bombings to the Olympics, and then they're trying to capture him. They're trying to catch him. And so that's why it's a manhunt. Dang. Deadly game. That's it, crazy. Yeah, it's so raw, man. It 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 pulled me right in. I, I watched probably 10 episodes in a matter of uh, three days or so. They're 45-minute episodes. Yeah. And it's just one season. It's a really wild story. It's a true story, too. And I went back and watched the couple interviews with Richard Jewell. And they portrayed him what seems to be really accurately. Going to add that to your cue or what? Yeah, I'd really like to watch that actually. It was it was really well done. Um, yeah, so that was good. And listen to this. Are you afraid of spiders at all? Hate them. I don't enjoy them. Same. Not necessarily afraid of them, but they're just they're just they freak me out. They're gross. Like, yeah, I'm not afraid of them. They're just gross. Snakes and spiders just don't do it for me. Well, they do it for me in the negative direction, you know? Nice subtle transition segue. For those of you who are just listening. <laughs> I thought you were just going to rattle it again. <laughs> for those of you who are just listening, I pulled the news story that I'm going to read about from some website. Does this have to do with spiders, man? It has to do with Spider-Man. It's a story. <laughs> no, about Sp- I meant spiders, man. <laughs> he turns into several spiders. That's his power. Then there's a different one called Spiders Men, and it's just several men that turn into spiders. But oh, anyway, and then there's Spider Men's. <laughs> what could that be? Oh man, I really wanted to think of something on the fly, but brains too brains too slow. Um, woman. So this is the headline. Woman has shared her home with a giant spider for the past year. These days, Annette Gray has been sharing her home in Australia with a rather imposing, uninvited house guest. Her name is Charlotte. She's a giant spider who wandered in one day and decided to stay. According to Gray's son, Jake, Charlotte is a huntsman spider, a species that can grow quite large and are actually pretty friendly. When left alone... Huntsman spiders pose no threat to people. And that's the approach Jake's mom's taken toward Charlotte, letting her be. This quote. Sick, This quote right here, dude. We've watched Charlotte grow over the last year or so. 
She never bothered us. She moves about the house, pops up room to room, and eats all the bugs. And I'm going to give you a picture of this to put on the article, Jordy. Yeah, dude. This thing, the, the, the diameter of this spider, leg span and all, I'm not kidding you. It's over a foot. That's sick. It's over a foot. I just looked it up and now I'm I'm pissed. Can you see it? Yeah, dude. Not not hers, but a huntsman spider, dude. Oh yeah. Look at it in this doorway. Yeah, dude. They hey. have like muscles. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> dude, look at this one. I'm screaming. On the okay, inside. remember when I said I'm not afraid of spiders? I take if it back. I walked, These are in Australia. If I walked into this. I'm I'm uh, I'm scared. It has eyes, dude. You can make eye contact with that spider. You could read its lips. You, <laughs> I'm here to scare you. Why did it sound like a robot spider? She moves about the house, pops up rooms to, room to room, and eats all the bugs. Pops up room service. Evidently, Charlotte has been pretty busy with that activity. She's about 15 centimeters wide. Do a conversion, Jordan, please, if you would. Uh. Oh. 15 cm to inches is 6 inches. It's about this. Too big. Too way too big. <laughs> way too big. That's bigger than a tarantula for sure. Yeah. And people and, and even those are too big. So what 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 is that span? That's the body or that's with the leg. Uh, that's with the legs. I think but I'm looking at this picture of Charlotte, man, and it doesn't look it looks like a foot. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of a huntsman spider too, which I don't recommend. I even don't want to You're put not this gonna on our podcast. Tonight. I don't want to put this on our podcast, but I will. We have to. I mean, I mean, by law, we have to. This thing <laughs> has clothes on. Yeah. It went to the store <laughs> it and does. it's wearing clothes. It has plans for the day. Like, yeah. it, it has a brain, an actual thinking brain. Uh, the spider has quite... The spider has caused quite a stir among the Gray's family and friends, some of whom have jokingly suggested the house be burned down to rid it of Charlotte. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. But fortunately, Annette knows what it means to be a good host, even to spiders who moved in. I don't kill them, she wrote. Charlotte's harmless. Oh, you're harmless. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a problem. Like, that's... Like you being harmless is like, oh, Charlotte's harmless, dude. You're harmless. Burn. (laughs) (laughs) Boom roasted. This is good bourbon, by the way. I'm enjoying this. Dude, that's disgusting, man. I know. Do you remember in Michigan? um, Only because I really haven't seen them here. I call them million leggers. I'm not sure what they're called. Millipedes. Centipedes. With the long legs, long whispery legs. Yeah. They look like they should be in the Amazon rainforest, not in suburban metro Detroit area. Yeah. One time I was on the computer in my basement and one one ran across my hand. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. I didn't sleep for weeks. That's problematic. To say the very least. <laughs> One time I woke up with a spider on my cheek. Really? Yeah. Did it bother you? 
No, I just let it be. It was a huntsman. I just let oh, it be. Yeah, yeah. I just I thought it, it was, was harmless. Yeah, it was harmless. So then it came back every night over the course of the next year and grew to be six inches wide. Plus legs. So it spanned my entire face. No. Then I changed my name to Annette. <laughs> and then this news outlet called the Dodo interviewed me and I published an article. And now it's full circle. When I woke up with that spider on my cheek, though, I swatted it off with the intent to brush it onto the floor and then kill it. But it crawled under my bed and I never found it. And I had to go back to sleep. Maybe I am afraid of spiders because I'm getting chills. I don't know if you've looked over here. Yeah, your body language is is concerning. You've seen like the bolts of electricity go up my yep. spine. Yep. I don't like that. No, I, really I don't, don't either. Like I'm sorry. This is the spider episode. What if we had a spider expert on sometime and they could tell us about arachnids? Arachnid. Arachnophobia is a horror movie from the 90s, I think. Early 90s, late 80s. We should watch it sometime. Do a live review of it. Wow, that'd be fun. What's the other one? Birds? A- Adam Sandler? A horror movie with Adam Sandler. No. You could it's say about the spiders. It's about spiders. Is it, it can't be. Eight the, legs or something like that? Eight crazy nights? <laughs> Is that, That's the Hanukkah movie, dude. Eight-legged freaks. Oh, I don't think Sandler's in that, is he? No. Eight Crazy Nights would be so funny. I wish that's what you were talking about. <laughs> David Arquette, though. Wow, that's a blast from the past. Almost had B from the P. That's <laughs> oh, dude, real quick. I watched Christmas Chronicles 2 last night. <gasps> it was awesome. Oh, man, I got to dial in for, for Christmas Crons 1. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I think I said this at the front of the episode, but now that I think about it, I didn't. This is going to be our only episode for Christmas week, okay? Monday, December 21. So enjoy the holidays, the holiday weekend with your family. Catch up on the other episodes, and we're going to come back in a week, and I'm not kidding, with some major firepower, right? Oh, yeah. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss this one. Do you have anything else to add for tonight? No, man. Same. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well, and to you. Stouting off podcast, family, friends, colleagues, cohorts, acquaintances near and far. We extend the warmest and most sincere holiday greetings to you and yours. Wishing you all peace, hope, prosperity, joy, health, wealth, happiness. Stealth. And stealth. (laughs) Never get noticed. You want to add anything, Jordy? We're thankful for you guys. We're thankful for you. Truly. Thanks for listening. Thanks for caring. Wow. You're about to catch me getting in my feels right now. But I better end this thing before it goes off the rails. And before you see and hear tears fall from my eyes. Plays notes. This is awesome. The fact that we get to do this for a living, man, it's just so amazing. <laughs> man, there's nothing like this. We're living our dream. Getting to do this for a living. Uh, it caught me so off guard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, 
All right, guys, we love you. Thanks for listening to the Stouting Off podcast, as always, where we spout off commentary on the everyday. Merry Christmas. It has such an abrupt ending. <laughs> it does. It does not fade out. Bye.